Hi there, this is Home Care 411, where we speak to home care owners and learn more about operating a home care business. I'm Jeff Salter, the founder and CEO of Caring Senior Service. With nearly 30 years in the business, I'm interviewing owners of home care companies to gain and share insights into how to operate a home care business directly from the front line. Thanks for tuning in. So I'm on the uh, on the call with Ian Clays. Ian's a franchise owner in El Paso, Texas, and also has a franchise in Galesburg, Illinois. Uh, he is the vice president of Caring Scene Service Franchise, and uh, he's going to share a little bit more about how he operates his business and uh, what his days look like. So, uh, welcome, Ian. Um, you, you and I know each other, and uh, we've known each other for some time. But for our listeners, uh, Tell us more about uh, who you are and a little bit about yourself outside of your uh, caring senior service role, maybe. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's it's nice of you to take the time to interview me here. Um, I went to school in uh, for physical therapy. I was a practicing physical therapist for uh, close to ten years in in various settings, um, both outpatient orthopedic and. And eventually, I uh, landed myself within nursing homes, uh, where I recognized that there were there were numerous people in the nursing homes I was working at that were living there that, uh, at least in my opinion, didn't need to be there. They could have easily been uh, living in their own homes had they had the the proper supports to help them achieve that. And this kind of coincided with a time in my life where I was working uh, very hard, long hours, uh, but doing so for uh, someone else, and and I was interested in uh, learning about and and hopefully pursuing uh, my own business ownership opportunities, and and that's what led me to Caring Senior Service and and opening our first franchise in uh, El Paso, Texas, where uh, where I was born and raised uh, back in 2005. Awesome, awesome. So it's uh, it's it's interesting to hear everyone's story about how they. Uh, what they did prior to carrying senior service, I don't get the chance to um, uh, talk to everyone much about their story. But uh, that experience at that nursing home you shared with me in the past was uh, those experiences really you saw the need that was beyond uh, what you were serving, and like I said, people did need to be there. So, you know, what was the what was the final thing that drove you to say, "Hey, I want to I want to go into business for myself." I don't know. I don't know that there was a, a final, a final, final thing. I do recall very distinctly that we were we were very comfortable with the initial investment amounts that were required. In that, we felt that uh, number one that we could we could do that, um, but number two that in the event that it didn't work out for whatever reason, that we would be able to rebound from from that. And and I think that we felt that, uh, and and I say we because my wife and I both entered this together, that it would be a worthy endeavor. It was worth the effort, and to have the opportunity to uh, to put all your your heart and soul, your your you know blood, sweat, and tears into building something that is is your own. That, that's worth worth trying. You know, we just as we learn more about caring senior service about you and how you built your business and about the team that you put in place we felt more and more comfortable that that our efforts combined with what what your system was going to provide to us was was going to work 
Yeah, so I guess it's it's a uh, your risk tolerance was was at a point. Uh, your age was at a point where you could you could afford a comeback should it not be successful. So uh, definitely definitely understand how that could be a factor for some people. And now, how old were you when you started your business? You and your wife. I was I was thirty two. Okay, so still early on in your career, and you, as you say, you could afford to fail almost in some degrees. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful. And thankfully, I'm as a physical therapist, the job market has been good and it was good. And going in as we were first starting, we knew that should it not work for again, for whatever reason, that we would be able to recover. That was definitely comforting. Um, thankfully, we put enough effort into it that uh, we didn't have to address that. But Good. That's that's good. I know that. Uh... We'll probably get into some of your some of what you think has made you successful, but uh, no, your role is not typical for a business owner. And this show is about helping people understand what it's like to own a business and and what it takes to to operate that from day to day. But why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners, you know, what does your typical day look like and uh, for for your business and what it takes to operate your business and tell us more about how how you are positioned a little differently than a typical franchisee. Sure, I'll I'll do my best. Um, so my uh, well, you, you might recall this, but towards the end of 2006, as we were just past our first year anniversary, we reached out to to you and your team here at at headquarters and and asked about expanding. We felt like we had a good handle on things on our on our operation, and we felt that we could replicate it in in other markets, and we were. Uh, interested in in potentially moving to to other cities to experience life in those in those other places because of those initial conversations we ended up coming to San Antonio uh, both my wife and I to to work with you and your team at at headquarters and to support the expansion of locations throughout the country you know very early on we had to learn how to manage our our business being over a 7 an hour drive away from our from our business that really meant that paying attention to the business model and the systems that operations manual that are, that are established for us as franchise owners became uh, not that it wasn't important before but it was paramount now because we had to speak the same language with our with our employees that we put in place to run and manage the business. And so over time, we've worked to develop our frequency of meetings, what the meetings will cover, what reports from our operating software we'll use uh, to help determine what our priorities and uh, focus points for the week will be, has has led us to develop a cadence of communication and and management meetings that helps my employees that are running my office understand what I feel are our priorities for that week and also provides opportunity for them to update me on things they're dealing with and, and what priorities they might feel we should be working on. So do you meet with each of your teams uh, each week? We have three member management teams at each of our locations uh, with agency director being the manager of the whole operation. We have we have weekly team meetings where everyone is involved. But when I'm working on on one of my businesses and on a specific topic, I try to channel my communication through the through the agency director, uh, so that that person 
retains ownership of the operation and so that I, I don't uh, create an opportunity where there's any misconceptions between the team members or any uh, potential miscommunications. And, and also because I have full-time responsibilities here at headquarters, I do not necessarily have a, a whole lot of extra time in which I could deal with each individual employee on a more regular basis. So I just over the years learned to uh, channel my communications through my director and and empower that individual to to run our businesses. Yeah, it sounds like it must be um, uh, communications must be pretty important in that process. And so you have a full time job working here at national headquarters, and you have two operations that you're that you're managing, and you have staff that are. You're, you're communicating with and working with each each week and having a, a cadence. Uh, is is that the, do you feel that's the recipe for your success? Uh, what, do you, what do you think has allowed you to, uh, and you, you've been since 2006 operating from a distance on your El Paso location? Right, yeah, since 2006. So a number of years has gone by and you, you've, you continue to be s- successful. Um, someone would ask, is it profitable to operate a business that way? It's it's definitely profitable to run it that way. Um, it it definitely opens up more opportunity um, because if I could do it in one, I could do it in two. I could potentially do it in three, four, or five. Um, who who knows how many I could do it in? As an individual owner, if I were still in El Paso, uh, odds are. I, I might be fulfilling one of the roles that I currently pay someone to do, um, mm-hmm. in which there there might be savings there. But again, I would be I would be limited because there's only so many hours in a day in in which I could I could do something with. So, wow, sounds it's it's pretty interesting to to hear from from you and the 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 way that you have to manage your businesses. And even though you and I work closely together. Uh, we don't necessarily spend a lot of time talking about how you operate those other businesses. And, and like you said, you follow the business model, try and help your teams understand that model, I think is what you've, you've shared in the past with me. It can be challenging for anyone in business ownership and, and managing other people. Maybe just for our listeners, what, what do you like most about, about this business in general? In the end, you're, you really do end up helping a lot of people, you know, whether that's the actual clients that we're that we're serving, that we're helping to age gracefully in the comfort of their own home, uh, with control and dignity. Whether it's their their family members that are so worried about them that live far away, or whether it's a, the caregivers that you're able to provide regular, steady employment, in addition to mentorship and opportunities to help build their their you know, professional uh, dossier, so to speak, and their their professional um, development overall. I think the most the most beneficial component of of these types of businesses, and then as as has um, been proven by my ability to go work full time somewhere else, the the tremendous flexibility that you can achieve through through business ownership. As an owner, I can choose to go work somewhere else or uh, if if that wasn't my choice i could you know conceivably i could just hang out at my house all day or or go live in new zealand three months out of the year and still maintain regular communications with my 
with my team members and help them manage the businesses. Yeah, so that's uh, obviously an advantage of, of becoming an expert in a business model and uh, kind of leverage that expertise in, in some unique ways. It's not every every day that uh, someone in the franchi- a franchisee becomes part of the franchisor's team. It happens in franchising, but it's not common for someone to be at, at least at your level within that organization. And, and you're right, you, uh, we've seen that and you can basically do the job you're doing of managing your locations from really anywhere. You don't, you just happen to have a, another full-time, another full-time job, but you got a full-time responsibility is doing something else while you don't operate two locations. Would you, would you say those locations are both successful? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely successful. I, I have no doubts that my team members are providing the best care, the best service in the, in the markets we serve. I know that we could be serving more people. We should be serving more people. It still angers me that a client might choose any other agency or any other service than us because I, I do know that through, um, through the great care method, through our operations manual, the things that are built into the system, that we are able to consistently and predictively deliver time and time again for our clients. I know that th- those things matter. You definitely have a, a lot of passion about what you're doing, so it's understandable that uh, you get to talking about what you're doing. You really, you really do feel that you can achieve a lot, and that's. You know, I wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't be fair to only ask about all the positive sides. I think that part of our show is to is to help people understand what it's like to operate one of these businesses. It's uh, not for everyone, and there's definitely downsides to it. So, uh, from your opinion, what are the what are the what do you like least about this type of business and operating this type of business? What I like least about the business is probably the reason that we exist to begin with is that sometimes a caregiver that we have planned to to serve a client doesn't work out with that client for whatever reason. Oftentimes it's some kind of personal circumstance that prevents them from uh, being able to, to work with a client. And that can often be uh, stressful because we'll feel that we have a good match in place for that client. We have a good caregiver that we think can properly serve that client. And it, it doesn't work out for whatever reason. It can definitely be stressful, but it's also what we do. I mean, our, our whole our whole existence is based on finding good caregivers to, to serve our clients. And so that that can be that can be difficult, but it, it is what it is and, and it's something that we know we're gonna face and we just keep moving ahead and looking for the next you know, great caregiver that we can bring on to our team and, and get them placed with that client. Yeah, I think that uh, my experience in the industry you know, points to that being the, the, the most common reason why people struggle with this business is that the, that the stress levels can be high because your word is your bond and you want to make sure you deliver a service you promised. And if uh, part of that team isn't able to deliver, then you've got to step in or find a solution. And that, that can sometimes be, be stressful. So understandable. Um this podcast is intended to be open for anybody and everybody. So while we're going to be sharing the stories of franchise owners, it, it might be people that are operating independently out there, maybe another franchise system, even listening to this podcast and wants to you know, see what they can do to power their business. If you were to give advice to someone, maybe think about your, your, yourself in that first year. Is there any, any advice you would give in yourself and, and some advice that maybe someone newly into this industry that, that they might benefit from that you would like to share with the audience? I remember very distinctly in the early months of us first getting open, 
having conversations with my wife, you know, and they were basically around how much longer can we do this? It, it doesn't seem to be working out yet. And we, we made the, we made the conscientious decision that we would continue to follow the system that Carrington Senior Service had laid out for us, that we would continue to focus on on understanding the business model and, and fully implementing uh, the practices that, that you all were teaching us. And it worked. And the, the point is, is that if you have a system and you're consistently applying that system, then there there is a very good chance that you'll achieve the expected results. If you if you start to question what you're doing, question, you know, the system that you have in place and and then make adjustments based on on your questions, then no one it's very hard to predict what's gonna happen. You you may or may not be successful in that in that instance, but we were we were very confident that we had a uh, through Caring Senior Service, a very solid plan to achieve success. And thankfully, we were smart enough to to follow that plan long enough to actually uh, achieve that success. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's about really, you know, so you got to a point where you're ready to give up, but you, you kind of buckled down, said, let's continue because uh, giving up now might, uh, you know, we might, we might just be short of the goal. We just don't, we're just not sure. So just kind of persevere, if you will. Sounds yeah, like. I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever being ready to give up, but I definitely remember being scared that I would have to give up soon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. I think that's something that uh, every business owner needs to uh, prepare themselves for. Being an entrepreneur, um, going into business for yourself is uh, is a challenge, and you've got to be fa- you got to be ready to face these sort of things because um, there is that time when you've got to decide: Do I continue on the path I'm down going down? Or do I need to figure out a different direction? And so that's that's it's good. It's good for our audience to hear that from someone who's who's walked that uh, walk that walk and uh, very helpful. So uh, you know, speaking of uh, you know, think about your business and 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 the future. You know, I like to get your thoughts and just in general, uh, it's a big question. I like to ask our 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 guests. Uh, you know, what do you think the future of home care looks like? And uh, it's wide open, so you can kind of share with us what you what you think personally that that future looks like. I think the future of home care is really exciting. I think that more and more people are aware that that they have options, they have choices, that they can they can take control of their healthcare decisions and where they are going to to age. You know, if with with the more and more competition in the space, that that definitely provides more more options for seniors. But the fact is that our our country is aging at at such a pace that there is plenty of room for for all kinds of businesses that are going to serve people as they age, so that those choices can can be had. Whether whether people are going to move into uh, different types of settings where where they might be assisted living centers or independent living centers, or or whether there's going to be different variations of of home care that help that help people age in place. I'm just excited to be part of that now, and I'm thankful that we have I guess 15 years of experience in it now, because I feel that we'll we'll be more comfortable with changing with whatever the market brings. I'm I'm excited about the technology that's out there and how that can help both our 
our older adults with their needs to age in place, but also um, with home care agencies like ours, where, where we might be able to be become more efficient or or provide better service or provide better employee benefits and all these things look look good and and promising i'm excited about i'm excited and and a little worried about uh, governmental you know government payment sources because i think that we're a, a very cost effective option when you when you compare home care service to to other alternatives i think the future is very bright and i'm i'm excited to be part of it i look forward to the next you know, really, thirty years. Wow, that's 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 good to, to hear your enthusiasm. It's uh, it's definitely expected from someone maybe in your position that you you have a bright outlook on the future of home care. But uh, interesting, all the same, to hear your perspective. You know, also as a business owner, you you maybe set goals for yourself. Do you have any goals that you want to share with our listeners on what you got planned over the next twelve months for the maybe the growth of your businesses and some plan changes or anything you think you're going to be, be doing maybe differently? I think for our, our current operations that, that our plans involve mainly mentoring and the continued professional development of our, of our teams. I think that there's, there's always tons to learn. There's, there is always something that can be improved upon. And I think that investing that time in the, in those individuals will help us achieve better results and, and better results from a business perspective means that we're serving more people. And so that, I mean, that is also a great thing about our industry is that the better service you provide, the more people you help, the better you do financially as a business and as an individual. And I'm, I'm taking this opportunity now to, uh, to plan for additional growth opportunities because I think that there's tremendous opportunity in in home care and and in opening additional locations throughout you know throughout the country. So that's okay. my plan. Okay, well, sounds uh, sounds like you definitely have a, a path you're charting and kind of a direction that you want to go. And it's uh, great to great to hear your story and and learn a little bit more about you. I appreciate you uh, getting getting on this uh, podcast and sharing with our listeners your story. And hopefully, I'll get the chance to get you back in on a call in the future. And uh, I think you've got a lot of good information to share. And I know that during this pandemic, uh, you've been a a leader for caring senior service and helping a lot of the franchise owners navigate the waters as it relates to either how to properly service clients, understanding the new rules, regulations, or legislation that might affect the service of clients, but also, uh, you know, operating your business with the PPP loans that happened and things like that. So there might be some other opportunities to, to get you on the future. So again, really, really appreciate it. And uh, want to say thank you very much. Thank you. It was, it was fun. All right. That was uh, Ian Clays. He's a physical therapist, uh, been operating his caring senior service franchise operation for just over 15 years. He holds the position of vice president of franchising at the Caring Senior Service National Headquarters, and again, operates, owns and operates two locations, one in El Paso, Texas, and one in Galesburg, Illinois. So 